Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 90. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Below Springer. This week's episode is our usual monthly roundup. We'll discuss the best bits from the podcast, the Forest blog, and announce what to expect this coming November. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salons, business, and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. How are things? I'm good now. Good, good. So, uh, where have you come back from now? <laughs> I feel like every time we do a monthly episode, you've just come back from traveling somewhere. And I'm looking <laughs> at you, and I know well you're not actually in Canada at the moment, are you? No, I am not. I'm going back. Uh, I'm going back soon, though. Uh, this time around, I was in Seattle. I was at uh, a conference. I was attending a really cool conference called Seattle Interactive. I was also speaking at it, actually. And then I went back to our Philly office in the US, and that's where I am at the moment makes me wonder sometimes like you know how loads of salon owners go or even like therapists and hairstylists they go to conferences for work either to attend to speak to meet people like it there's a lot of traveling involved and I wonder sometimes like how do you manage to plan out leaving your business for it to be like running smoothly one year away and all of that like it's easy for me in one sense, like I'm only managing my own calendar, I suppose, and my own projects. But like if you're in charge of a whole salon, how do you do that? You know? Yeah, I suppose it like it really does take gaps out of your day and it really does kind of like throw you off a little bit traveling because even though you're traveling on work time, you're not really getting any work done. Be curious to see if like if anyone listens to this today and does a lot of traveling and has tips and stuff, I'd be really, really curious to to hear more about that so yeah sliding our dms like we want to hear about this <laughs> but yeah a bit of serious talk i suppose you've been quite busy too with the whole vat situation in the irish hairdressing industry like you went to the march and stuff recently yeah so we had that there this was last week now and we're still to do a bit of following up on it but yeah there's going to be basically an increase in the tax that hairdressers have to have to pay now to the government, which is a fun topic. But we've done a podcast on that. There was a blog. We'll touch off a bit of that in the show. But um, I think for now, we'll just jump straight into the monthly articles and see where we're at. So the first one we have queued up is from a regular who's been on the show before, and he's going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks too, to look out for. But it's how much salon retail products should you stock? by Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, a salon consultant, he's also an author. He wrote uh, the Harry Book of Email, if anyone remembers from back in the days, that episode. And this blog came shortly after the Salon Retail Week, where people literally got all their stocks sold off. Like the increased sales on average for salons was 78%, which is absolutely amazing, right? Do we know what the average was before? Or it was just kind of, that's on average what they increased by? Yeah, it was on average what they increased their sales by that week doing the challenge versus the week before that they didn't do the challenge. Cool. So definitely a big impact there. Yeah, 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 100%. So Phil and I were chatting away and he was telling me about this whole concept of speed of sale percentage. And he literally just wrote a blog for us just to kind of explain it. He was taught that concept by a, by a friend of his. It's essentially kind of like a simple way to gauge how many retail products you should hold so you don't like overstock or understock oh okay yeah so it's actually fairly simple i suppose you kind of go he breaks it down in the article anyways but you kind of go sales divided by value times 100 so sales is it it is what it is right the total amount of retail products you sold for a specific period of time usually a week he says then value is the total value of the retail stock that you're currently carrying so 
use the retail prices like ignore any discounts or whatever you got from your um from your suppliers when you did order the stock like literally the value of the products and then you the rate you're paying the supplier not exactly sometimes you can get discounts from the supplier like don't count the discounts count the actual original price that you should pay in like in full okay so the sales divided by the value times 100 gives you the speed of sale percentage it gives you an idea of how fast you're moving stock yeah if you're selling too fast it can be detrimental just as much as if you're selling too slow so what exactly like does he say what a good or bad speed target is well, generally speaking, a good target is around 10% each week. Because okay. he says, like, if it's too high, you're probably going to end up selling out of products. And you're probably going to end up having disgruntled clients looking for a product that you don't have anymore because it's sold out. And so you're missing out on potential sales. And so if you notice, actually, he says, if you notice that your speed of sales continuously over 10%, that you should actually consider stocking more of that that selling like the highest selling products and offer alternatives for other ones as well. Alternatively, if your speed of sale is too low, then he kind of painted a picture, right? He was like, imagine you have a product that your staff loves to use Mm in-house. It doesn't move as fast as it should on the shelves. So for instance, the hairstylist or the therapist uses a product for their treatments, right? But the actual product when on sale for the client, that doesn't move as fast. But the hairstylist or the therapist loves to use that product. So it's kind of like if it's not moving as fast, then like incentivize your team to keep pushing it or I suppose like get a way to get it out there to the clients because it's not beneficial for you to keep it on the shelves if they're the only ones using it and you're not selling it to clients, you know? Yeah, it's it's just sitting there gathering dust or like going to waste. It's money sitting on a shelf that's not going anywhere. Exactly. So he's like, you can like incentivize, like put together a focus training on on that particular product, maybe help your staff identify ways to, you know, sell the benefits a bit more or something like that. Just kind of help them get it out there in the hands of clients. And and if that's not working, maybe look for another product to to stock in-house and use in-house as well on during the treatments. Yeah. So does he give any stock management tips? Because I know like when you have your professional retail product, if staff members aren't scanning that out as professional products, then your stock take is essentially telling you you have all this stock, but it's being used as professional, but because it's not accurately being counted or scanned out as professional, you've two different reports. You've what's on the shelf and you've got what your reports is showing you. So does he have any tips or tricks around that? He has a few management tips, stock management tips. So one of them is you know, making sure that you know what your stock levels are, first of all, and where your stock is going. Investing in a style management system. So, you know, to be able to monitor those without having to do every manual bit of work. He says also the, the, the FIFO, first in, first out approach. So when you're displaying it and selling it, you should sell the products in whatever order that, that they were purchased to ensure that, first of all, you're selling products that are in good condition and they're not damaged or anything so whatever you order first has to go out first is that kind of like um let's say like fresh fruit or yeah. any meats or produce that goes off so you've got your sell by date mm-hmm. whatever's about to expire the fastest goes to the front exactly that's exactly the same approach yeah he also says to hold a regular stock audit and then to foster good relationships with your suppliers uh, we actually had a blog written about that a few months back so i can link that in the episode's notes but 
yeah, just kind of make sure that, you know, they know what you're looking for, what you need, keep that conversation going with your suppliers, because oftentimes they can help you. They, they'll be more than willing to negotiate with you often. And sometimes smaller brands are, are more flexible on minimum order quantity. So you shouldn't have to carry too much sell on stock. But yeah, stuff like that. So really interesting blog. It's called, like you said at the beginning, how much salon retail products should you stock? And it's written by Phil Jackson. Our second one that was uh, quite popular was about the mystery shopping visits. Yeah, it's definitely come up a few times and we've chatted about it a few times here. So this one's from Valerie Delforge from Delforge & Co. So what's Valerie got to say about this one? So how she broke down her article was essentially in a few points. Why are they so valuable? Two types of mystery shoppers where to find industry people to conduct those mystery visits and also the kind of feedback that you should expect. First, why are they so valuable? Well, she lists off five main things. They highlight what you do well. They reassure you. They highlight what needs to be improved. They help implement best practice for guidelines and procedures. You can identify training needs through them. And they also let your team know that you're serious about your customer journey. Because at some point, you kind of just realize that it is, at the end of the day, the most important thing to take care of in your salon. Like if your client doesn't have a good experience, he or her is not going to come back. So what are the two types of mystery shoppers that Valerie was talking about? I'll let you guess one. I mean, one's an easy one. <laughs> your family and friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, like everybody likes a free treatment, right? And they'll give you the real... They'll give you the real client feel. They don't have that industry background necessarily. So they're giving you exactly how your client feels. You'd want to make sure what sort of friends though, because like, surely you'd have to be careful with biases. You know, oh, I'm doing it for my friend. Oh, your salon is great. It's wonderful. <laughs> like you, you, want a, you want a nice lean critique, don't you? Yeah, of course. But at the same time, that's why you have two mystery shopping visits. One done by a friend to get that real feel. And then one done by someone from the industry to give you kind of a more detailed view of the actual experience. So more professional, like industry background uh, critic, I suppose. Yeah. So that's your balance there with the two of them then. Yeah. But where do you find those industry people to do it? You know, and ask the salon down the road. <laughs> yeah well like networking right networking is a great way to do it because often if you're at trade shows or conferences or at, like any seminars and stuff you meet people that you really get on with and they're not necessarily in your area so they're not necessarily competing against you but you can still have that conversation and get them to trade like Valerie essentially used to do it and she would trade off I'll test your salon and you come test mine so that would work out well for them at, the, at, at that stage. But then obviously, if you've done it once with that person, you can't really get that person back in for a second time. So from there, you can just maybe look at their senior team members, you know, and from there, who do they know? Fast enough, you'll realize that you have like a, an incredible bank of people that you could actually reach out to and do those shopping visits. You can also ask your coach, your mentor, um, and there are also are companies that do mystery shopping visits. But she does put a disclaimer in the blog where she says that if you do go through a company to make sure that they do have experience in uh, the salon and spa industry, just because sometimes it's quite different from the experience that you'd get in like a retail shop or something like that. So you want to make sure that you're getting the feedback that you should be getting. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it is good sometimes to look outside the industry. But yeah, I suppose when you're looking for that overall salon experience, that's where you want to keep it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So that's our two blogs and then two blogs today. Yep. And then we're moving on to this month's podcasts. Yeah. First one started off with the the whole SMS reach 68% more of your clients. Yeah. And with that one, we had our very own Luke Doolan and Helen Deveni and 68% 68% people are probably thinking what are you on about that 68% actually came from our very own client database so our own bank of salon owners we've realized well actually they hold 68% more clients phone numbers mobile numbers than they do emails so that's where that figure actually came from and it was more kind of reaching and retaining your very own clients. So it wasn't about getting new clients. It was about client retention because we said in the episode, it comes up time and time again in our surveys from onboarding of what do you want to get the most out of with Forest? And one of the big ones is how do I retain more clients? So that's where that one came from. And there was, uh, I think there was a couple of resources attached with that one, like SMS eBooks and guides. And then Helen also went through five to seven of your key SMSs that you should be automating. So like if you were to take into account, these are the SMSs that you should be sending to every client, like your confirmations, your feedback, your follow-ups, your reminders. If you were to actually dedicate a person to stand there all day and send all those messages, it actually costs you a lot more money in the long run than if you just find an automated SMS system. So yeah, check out that episode to see what those seven messages were and to get access to those guides. So he's going to cue a few clips for you here just to get a taste of that episode. We know that SMS converts better than all other channels. If you look at just the open rates, let's say between SMS and email, you know that email would open has an average open rate of about 23%, while SMS about 99%. So you're getting your message out to more and more people. Maybe what salons aren't aware of is that there's two types of messages apart from SMS and email. There's transactional messages and then there's promotional messages. Even I know myself from working in salons and obviously this time of year it's coming up to Christmas. A lot of salons dedicate time to bringing clients and you know confirming their booking or they're more so reminding them of their booking. So when you think about If you had 50 clients a day, you've got 50 phone calls to make. How could the salon be using that time so much more widely? Like, why wouldn't you have the system just do that on one trigger and it can just send that out to clients? And that brings us up to our last week's episode, which is the retained 9%, the impact of the Irish government VAT increase on hairdressing. So for anyone outside of Ireland wondering what the VAT is, it's the value added tax. So it's an additional tax hike. Um, Why we're saying retained 9% is... The government are looking at increasing it from 9% up to 13.5%, which is like a 4.5% increase. But it's not just an increase in the VAT. There's also an increase in PRSI, and there's also an increase in the minimum wage per staff member. Now, that one is across the board. That's just the minimum wage in all businesses and any sector, not just the salon industry, that's going to be increased. But it creates all these knock-on effects. And yeah, because they're all happening all together in like January or something. Yeah, and that's the worst bit. It's January. And like Lisa and Declan, who are on the show here, they were saying January is notorious for being quiet. Like it's hard enough trying to get your clients back in after the Christmas rush that now government have gone and added all these tax. So there was a protest at Dal Erin, which is the 
basically the Irish Parliament or the Assembly of Ireland here. And that took place on the 23rd, Tuesday, the 23rd of October. So it's interesting to see how that progresses now. But there has been a petition signed and handed in. We had Sean Taff and Bridget Harron, both from the Irish Hairdressing Council. So they said a few words and Zoe's going to cue some more of those snippets there. So apologies for the sound quality. It was quite loud on the day and it was windy, but I hope it gives you a taste for what it was like on the day. We invite thousands of people. We need to vote. We paid at 9%. Support hairdressing. Support the 9%. There is 35 million that is actually put towards uh, tourism, but it actually hasn't included the hairdressers. We're not getting one cent of that. So we want to know what strategy they're going to put in place um, by the government to help us to move forward as an industry. Some smaller businesses will probably have to have a very, very serious conversation with their accountant. You know, profit margins are very, very tight for a lot of smaller businesses. So how do they absorb the cost? And um, that may result in letting a staff member go or they'll have to increase their prices. The points that I want to make is, um, you know, it's not just an immediate issue. Uh, we all know that, you know, the increase is going to drive clients into the black economy, into hairdressers' kitchens rather than actually into our salons. But what's actually more worrying is the fact that salons will not be taking on trainees. And if you don't have trainees coming into our industry, what happens? The industry dies. So now we're going into Zoe's section. So you've actually a few things coming up now, don't you? So the main thing coming up real soon is the Salon Digital Summit, which is organized by Modern Salon. And so it's taking place in LA, November 4th to the 6th. Forest are platinum sponsors, so we're going to be there. And it's actually shaping up to be a really exciting few days, to be honest. Like you're going to have hands-on training, social media, and other digital platforms. It's all to help you take your career and your business to, to what's next, I suppose. There'll be quite a few familiar faces from Forrest on stage during those three days. Chris Brennan, first of all, will be speaking about the four keys to controlling your digital reputation. Myself, I'll be hosting a panel talk with Christina Cradle, Christopher Smith, and Natalie Boos. Uh, it's all about Instagram and your brand, how it's not just business, it's also personal. And on Tuesday, November 6th, Ronan Percival and Patty Monaghan, so for CEO and product director, will be hosting a session from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they'll be sharing you tools that we've developed to help stylists and salons build their following, boost their presence and improve their engagement on Instagram. So it's going to be a really interesting session. I can't wait for it. I actually haven't even heard the whole like, I haven't heard a rehearsal or anything. It's going to be all new for me too. Really excited anyways. It sounds like we've got Forrest just moving over to LA for the week. Uh, almost. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a lot of, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Forrest familiar faces in, in LA next week. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. And for any clients or anyone that is looking to find a bit more about Forrest, that's probably the perfect opportunity to attend and ask questions because you have a couple of big players from Forrest heading over there. I would grab them and grill them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like while you're there, there's so many other sessions on as well that you're gonna come back and your head is gonna be buzzing with inspiration on all sorts of subjects. So yeah, definitely something to look out for. The if you wanted to attend or register for tickets, everything's gonna be in the episode description. So check it out there. Our own conference in January on uh, January seventh. We have a few announcements coming your way in November, so keep an eye out for that. And, but other than that, before we ring the bells on this episode, we wanted to give a few shout outs. You probably have met, virtually met, 
our new social media and uh, community manager page. And so she's been doing a stellar job at just kind of getting to know you guys and reposting, you know, people who have been tagging us in, in posts and stuff. So a few shout outs this month. The Beauty Quarters, who we were talking about their online reputation and their uh, and how they were getting amazing reviews. Enhanced Beauty and Spa, which um, we took part in that. They started a boomerang challenge and uh, challenged us to also do a boomerang post and, and tag them. And it was it was a pretty cool post if you if you saw it go by. Um, Colleen showing off their clients, uh, clients are my cardio Forest branded bottle and um, there was also rejuvenate advanced hair by mona lisa 2017 uh, who was in for training in forest skin deep laser beauty the space hair soul beauty lennis nails uh, alora salon and the nail launch upper mill so if you have anything that you want to share with us do tag us hashtag anything just let us let us know where you're at, what you're doing. We want to be involved. We want to take part in that conversation. So don't be afraid to reach out. I personally want to give a shout out to Michaela from Salon 718. She came over in the last few weeks from the States and she just essentially wanted to come over to say hi to us. And because of that, we all, and myself as well, including the product guys, we all jumped on the opportunity to have a salon owner come in and just spent the day getting feedback from a product point of view, from all different things that we're working on. So thanks to Michaela for that. And she also sent us a box of uh, chocolates and sweets that went up to the canteen today. And they didn't last, Michaela. They, they were gone with inside. <laughs> but, um, I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much for coming in uh, on the back of your own accord because we love getting feedback from clients on how we can improve. And if you are a forest client, there's always user voice. So if you have any suggestions and ideas, you can pop them in there. But I suppose that's it for us today. So if you know someone with an interesting story for this podcast, do get in touch with us. As you know, we're always keen on feeding off your ideas. So as well, if you have any feedback, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Oh, and don't forget, we're also on Spotify now. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.